Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, living under the ocean, scraping together enough resources to power our base, and cloning people (laughs) from abundant sea creatures... This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel J.B. Fury Beauchene. Pleasure to be with you. And also with me, the DG crew, we've got the PC Gamer, the Sultan of Steam, still pissed about the labour of love that is Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Ferg. Oh, JB. Thanks for having me, mate. And uh, I really enjoyed that Subnautica reference I think you threw in there at the beginning. You're still Uh, uh, addicted to this game, so it seems. Uh, you'll be you'll be happy to know it's not a subnautic oh, reference, but a reference to a game I'm going to be talking about this evening. Oh. Uh, also with us, we've got the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage, pulling no punches when it comes to his favourite Sea of Thieves mod, Skull and Bones, <laughs> and its ever-changing release date. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh, thanks, JB. Will it ever come? Nobody knows, and nobody actually fucking cares. Do they? <laughs> Emotional damage. You know it's going to be a good show when uh, Steely gets the uh, the emotional damage in the intro. So thirty seconds in. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Finally, we have uh, the Nintendo Queen. She's shopping around for the best deal on a Steam Deck. As long as you're happy to get one that's as un-Australian as charging a customer extra for sauce when buying a pie at a bakery, it's. it's, it's only bloody uh, Pistol Pete herself, uh, Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Pisty. Thank you, Joel. I can't wait to play my Steam Deck on the bus on the way to nowhere, so that'll be fun. We're on the roads to nowhere. Well, there's always there's always somewhere to go, isn't there? Yeah. Um, oh, I'll go anywhere, yeah. Well... Just, uh... <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that little bit of a song there, everyone. No, we lost we're going to have a bit more of a musical segment uh, coming okay. up in the coming yeah. episodes. Okay. A bit more music. Yeah. yeah. Isn't wow. that going to be good? Sounds good. A, bit, a, bit, a couple of laughs, a bit of music. Bazinga. <laughs> well, talking about taking people on a road to nowhere, let's kick off today or this week's show. Um, I, um, I wanted to first off talk about uh, a new game that I've tried out on Steam. It's currently in early release. And it's called Surviving the Abyss. Um, now, this game was developed by Rocket Flare Studios and published by Paradox Arc. Um, it actually released on the 18th of January, so only two days ago. Mm. Um, I saw a little clip of it on TikTok with uh, someone saying, oh, you know, you absolutely have to try this game. And so I, I sort of liked the look of it. So I thought, oh, I'll check this out. So I jumped on Steam, uh, downloaded it. And basically, Surviving the Abyss is like, it's a pretty similar to like a real-time strategy game. It's all set deep under the ocean, 
I think they said the time period is like the 1970s or something. And basically, you build an underwater base. You have to harvest a bunch of different resources uh, from around the place and, you know, build different structures to do research and, uh, yeah, all the usual things that you do in a real-time strategy. <clears throat> and um, uh, the one thing with it, though, is you're so far under the ocean that it's pitch black and everything that you build has to be under, like, a light tower mm-hmm. um, to, to keep the nasties away that live in the dark. And if you run out of power and your lights shut down, you start getting attacked. Uh, and there's uh, this looming uh, sea monster that's just known as the Anomaly mm-hmm. uh, that just pops up every now and then and just starts ripping your base apart. Um, and the only way you can sort of repel it, well, uh, so far, the, the only way I've found is you can install like UV uh lamps in your lights and blast it with uv light and that drives it away but uh yeah it's uh it's bloody addictive i uh i played it for hours last night and uh yeah so far very good little game but extremely frustrating yeah <laughs> um it, there's just so many different resources that you got to balance um to get more crew members like so each building like you got a power generator for example and you can have like three crew members in there. And the more crew members you put in there, the more electricity mm. it creates. Um, but you've sort of got to split your crew members between the power generator, the oxygen mm. generator room. Uh, you've got to grow food under the ocean. Um, there's all these different sort of demands on your crew. And, um, and the only way you get more crew is you've got to capture sea creatures, put them into your cloning lab, and try to clone new people from harvesting the sea creatures' DNA, uh, which <laughs> is really bizarre. Um, but as you get sort of higher level sea creatures, your chance of successfully cloning a person gets higher. Um, and there's sort of specialists that you can get, like engineers, scientists, and that sort of thing. And so when you start using the higher level sea creatures, you get a higher chance of getting like one of these sort of special characters um so to speak so Mm. um as i said it's only an early release they're still going to be patching out bugs and and stuff like that uh which i did run into one the other day um uh, so when i was playing it last night i had like a menu screen open for one building and then i clicked somewhere else and that menu screen still stayed up and then i couldn't close it (laughs) (laughs) and it just sort of i I had to completely get out of the game and go back in so um yeah, it's it's a pretty cool game. That there appears to be like two previous games, I think, in the in this series. I've not mm-hmm. played any of the other two, uh, so I've jumped right in on the uh, third game in the in the trilogy. But uh, yeah, so far it's it's ticking all the right boxes I'm, for me as someone who's I'm just having a um yeah I'm just having a look at it now. Just it looks like something I would be really interested in because it sort of sort of reminds me of Frostpunk. I don't know. Have you guys ever played Frostpunk? Oh, I haven't. I haven't no. played Frostpunk. I know of Frostpunk, no. Frostpunk, but I've never played yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, survival game where the world's ended pretty much and you have to sort of start up from the ground and it looks very quite similar and I love Frostpunk. As you said, with this one being frustrating, Frostpunk is incredibly frustrating. Like, oh, I just I have so much trouble with it and just 
progressing, but I love it so much. I'll just start back at the beginning and I just keep going. So, you know what? I might give this one a go too. Looks yeah. good. Give it a look. It's, 28 bucks on Steam. Yeah. So it's pretty cheap at the moment because it's in early yeah. release. It It's really, really similar to another game that I've played called Anno 2070, uh, which is another similar like real-time strategy where you got to build a town and harvest resources and all that sort of thing. But it, yeah. it almost has this bit of a survival horror element to it because it's under the ocean. Mm. You're getting attacked by these yeah. sea creatures and that, but it's it's not like jump scare in your face like you know shitting your pants sort of uh sort of horror it's, right up uh, my alley then That's yeah great. I, it's, it's very sort of low level uh scary um in that regard but um yeah it's pretty pretty tricky so yeah if you mm. if you're into your real-time strategy you love games where you go and harvest resources and build bases and all that sort of shit uh check mm. out um uh bloody surviving the abyss surviving the abyss I, uh, it- thank you i couldn't <laughs> Is it is it got the frustration where these sea anomalies are sort of smart enough to attack the critical things like your power generators and stuff like that? It when you were talking about it, the first thing I thought of was Red Alert when you play maybe as the Soviet and you, it's always the trade off you've got to build some power plants and then something trips it and then none of your shit works, so you gotta build it. it. And then the enemy will come in and sort of target your power power plants like that. Is it similar to that or they're a bit dumb? No, so what I've noticed so far is it tend like it tends to target my light towers. Mm-hmm. And once it knocks a light tower out, any of the buildings that sit under the yeah. like within the the sphere of light that that creates yeah. go offline. Yeah. Um so you you've, you've yeah. got to go and repair the tower, then it pops back up and everything comes back online yeah, okay. again, but uh I've had two attempts at the game. I had to restart once because I just found myself in a in in just spiraling down the gurgler <laughs> in a in a nexus I couldn't I couldn't get out of. I just burnt all my resources. I was getting attacked every five seconds, and yeah, it just went really really badly. So I started again. I'm doing slightly better this time, but you you like you just build one thing. And you're like fuck, I'm out of power. So you build a power thing. It's like fuck, I'm out of oxygen now. Got to yeah, build yeah, oxygen. Yeah. Oh, oh, now I've got you know nowhere to put my crew because I've I've just got another crew member. I've got to build a living quarters, mm-hmm. and you're just constantly sort of chasing your tail, I suppose, as you expand further and further out. So um, there is an element of that sort of base management that you've mm-hmm. got to do. Um, but if that's uh, if that's up your alley, I was I had quite a bit of fun with it. Yeah. Um, I'm still gonna yeah get back in there, and I mean it is only an early release, so there's still improvements coming down the pipeline for it. But, yeah, for uh, sure. And that, So far, pretty impressive. And that's just to get a bit sidetracked here. That's the great thing about early access games and why I think it's just such a great idea, especially on PC. You sort of have a low entry price to get the game. Sure, there's going to be some issues and things that need to get ironed out, but you sort of get to be at the beginning of the process and you sort of, I don't know, come along for the ride with the game. I think I talked about mm. it last week. One of my favorite games of last year was Dinkum and already... Early access, twenty eight bucks. Amazing game, extremely well polished, but it's only going to get better. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. Bit, you of have a, to... bit of a labor of love. Absolutely, nominate yeah. it for next year. Excellent. Well, uh, on that note, uh, hold your horses um, <laughs> because uh... <laughs> there they are. So oh, that fucking horse is always about. <laughs> 
two years too late. Yeah, oh, it was it was well, coming across. Was going, yeah, it was coming across the field. Sorry, it uh, was buffering. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll throw over to uh, Ferg now for for his news this week. Some news this week, JB. Still living in twenty twenty two to a degree, but um, got some news on game sales and console sales. So. Um, the NPD Group, which if you aren't familiar with, um, they're basically a decades old. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to refer to a Kotaku website, which I saw this, um, written by Zach Zwenzen. Um, Yeah, NPD Group, a decades old retail tracking and market research company in the last few de- days have released their data on the most bought games and most purchased consoles in the United States. So, straight away, asterisk there. This is the United States. But, I mean, as a guess, I would think that the Australian market would be doing similar things to what the US market's doing. So, I actually looked and see if I could find some Australian data for the year and couldn't. So, this is the best we've got. And I just thought this was interesting and I just thought I'd chuck it out there and get the DG Crew's thoughts. So, um, this this group, NPD group... Um, they do a lot of things. Look, they track and monitor all kinds of different industries, but since 1995, they've been monitoring the sale of video games and consoles in the United States, and every month they generally publish some data. Um, so here we go. Into the consoles, most purchased consoles in 2022 in the United States. So Nintendo is likely pleased to see that in 2022, the top-selling video game console in the United States was the Nintendo Switch. Um, so the NPD doesn't release specific numbers publicly so we don't know exactly how many switch consoles were sold last year but nintendo's aging console outperformed the playstation 5 which was the second best-selling platform last year and the xbox series x s which came in third so another interesting point should also be noted that the switch was the best selling console of december 2022 so whilst we've been talking about it for a long time the aging switch is still are still moving a whole stack of them. So um, it was definitely a hot item to get around Christmas last year, and obviously that was probably boosted by the two new Pokemon games that came out in November. Right, so they also released the top 20 best-selling games of 2022. I'm just going to go through the top 10. So another asterisk here is that Nintendo doesn't publicly share its digital numbers with NPD. So these numbers are based, or the Nintendo numbers at least, are based on their physical disc sales so here's the top 10 all right let's let's hear them how about before i go through them does anyone want to have a guess of what the top selling video game was last year in america mario kart 8 no ring fit no, no it's not ring fit uh <laughs> <laughs> um oh look it it's not going to be animal crossing um no I'm going to say that, no, no, it's going to be something obscure, isn't it? Ring Fit. No, it's no, not that it's not obscure. <laughs> oh, it? It's po- Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Come on, JB. Finger off the bus. <laughs> ah. No, it wasn't actually Pokemon. Mario Party. No. I'll, just, I'll give it to you. So the number one selling game in the US last year was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Oh, boring. Ah, which boring. interestingly edged out Elden Ring in second place. Third place, which was really interesting, which is a point I'm going to make in a second. I'll just list. Number three, Madden NFL 23. Number four, God of War Ragnarok. Number five, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Mm -hmm. Number six, Pokemon Scarlet Violet. 
Number seven, FIFA 23. Number eight, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number nine, Horizon Forbidden West. And rounding out the top 10 was MLB The Show 2022. And what is really interesting about this list, and like I said, this is America. So obviously, if you follow American sports, you'll know that you know baseball, basketball, NFL are their big ones. Three of the top 10 games are all sports games. So I think it's just, you know, like the mobile gaming... <laughs> the mobile gaming sort of realm of gaming it's massive but it's interesting to know that the sports video games are moving a shit ton of copies and there's a massive audience for these these kind of games and i know we don't really talk about them too much but yeah it was interesting for me anyway that three of the uh, top 10 games in the u.s were, were sports games so and the i would top game is a game with guns yeah eh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to get football, but that's, you know. Well, you know, uh, so what What were the sports games? You, you had, we had uh, Madden NFL 23 in third. We had FIFA 23 in seven. And Major League Baseball, the show, was 10th. Well, well, all right. So, um, you know, sometimes here at The Discerning Gamer, we get access to certain exclusive content. Mm. And, uh, you know, not, not, not always. Uh, you know, I, I I did actually reach out to the those three uh, games on that list to see if I could get any uh, any content from. I think EA do do all of them, don't they? Yeah. EA are they, are they all EA titles? Uh, la, 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 I think. Well, Ooh, good question, is, isn't it? Madden is. Yeah, yeah I don't think yeah. the other two are. So, so yeah, I reached out to EA and uh, I, I asked them if they had a comment uh, about um, you know the the state of of Madden NFL, and uh, this is their uh, their response. Yeah. Go f- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a it was quite a quick response, but uh, uh, yeah, got the point across. Yeah, so uh, wow. thanks, thanks, EA. Wow, uh, appreciate so, the exclusive. Yeah, classic. Um, wow. The other is the other cool content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone wow. might have to fact check this. I don't know. Is FIFA? What's going on with FIFA? I think is it. EA have done FIFA or they're doing FIFA next yeah, year? Yeah. What's, yeah, it's, so, yeah what's doing, the... But it's not going to be called FIFA anymore. It's going to be called EA Sports fucking football or soccer or yeah, okay. whatever. Same game, but yeah. reskinned or yeah. EA's yeah. next thing. Yeah. Yeah, cool. E, 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 E. Yeah. So two it's EA games there. FIFA anymore. Come yeah, nice. Ties. Yeah, that's right. That's ringing the bell. Thanks, Steely. Other thing I wanted to make a point of. So in the top 10, we've got two games that came out in November. So God of War, Ragnarok, and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have made the top 10 for the whole year. And they've only been out for, mm. I think, I don't know, beginning of November. Not the full month. So you might as well say six, seven weeks these games are out for. And they managed to smash the top 10. So, yeah, that, that in itself is a pretty incredible um, feat. So... Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't uh, underestimate the pull of Pokemon of the Pokemons. Yeah, people, people yeah. fucking love it, don't they? So they, there you well, go. Yeah, even when it's broken as shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's when it's better, isn't it? <laughs> Selling no. like hotcakes. What are we? What, what are... Pokemon was that? <laughs> that's... Uh... <laughs> That was, wasn't Lechonk, was it? You sounded, sounded like a duck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a duck. duck. <laughs> it was supposed to be a Psyduck, but uh, yeah, fuck knows oh. what that was. It sounded like a real duck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so there's a bit okay. of uh, a few stats for the crew. Any any surprises in there? I, I was surprised that Lego Star Wars out of the Lego games, and 
reminded this yeah so lego star wars um the skywalker saga was the top selling nintendo switch game of last year in the us of the of disincluding without including the digital oh, version yes. so is that a surprise to anyone or any surprises <laughs> with the list or do we think that seems about nah, right? You know, that sounds pretty right for... I mean, for the US as well, I guess that a lot of their market is like the the multiplayer shooters is probably a big one for them. And <laughs> not, just don't laugh at me. It's just... it's. I feel like it's a natural thing. That, that's the kind of the market... That's the kind of market it is. Um, but also the sports stuff, absolutely. And, um, you know, a couple of Nintendo titles on the list there because, the, I mean, it's... It's ridiculous. Pokemon's always going to sell well, even like I said, when it's broken. So, um, yeah, I, not not overly surprising. I think that. I mean, it would be more surprising if it was like you know you're selling baseball games in the top ten in in Australia. That would be surprising. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. But you said uh, it, it was beating out the like the the um, Star Wars saga. Was, yeah, was number one. Well, on that list, it's the number one Switch game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, boy. (laughs) Poor Darth. Poor Darth. Anyway, Uh, there's some shinfo for everyone. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks very much for that. I love that. No worries. Uh, All right. Well, for for now, let's let's throw over to Steely, who's going to be talking about uh, Level 5's Return to the West. Take it away, Steely. (laughs) Damn straight. Uh, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Fucking level five are coming back, baby. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, they're posting a job on their website looking to develop again on a global scale. And so for those of you playing at home or locked up in a basement somewhere, poor, poor things, level five are the developers behind games such as Nino Cooney, Fantasy Life, ha ha ha. Professor Layton mm. and Yokai Watch, um, probably one of my least favorite out of their titles, but you know, live and let live. Um, is, um, some absolute bangers in there, though. Is Fantasy um, Life one of those sort of anime pornos that they put on the PlayStation <laughs> Store? Or, you know, you... Definitely not. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, Fantasy Lunchtime. Sorry. <laughs> Or Fantasy Solitaire, School Schoolgirl Edition. Uh, anyway, um, some absolute bangers in there. And look, back in 2020, they announced that they would no longer be operating in the West, which was extremely sad, considering there are lots of incredible IP there that wouldn't have seen sequels here in the West. Um, but my dream uh, to come out of this is for a, maybe a HD port of Fantasy Life or um, for that to be a thing would be great, or even a true... Fantasy Life 2 that isn't a mobile game would be excellent. Not that we got the mobile game in the West either. And then even even Fantasy Life 3 would be good. I basically just want new Fantasy Life. Everything else, you know. Nina Cooney 1 was absolutely schmick. But, um, so why did know, they stop selling in the West uh, to begin with? Because of, uh, well, everything that was happening with, uh, I guess, the size of the developer and everything that was happening with covid it just became, I think, not feasible for them to have all their operations. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. So they had to kind of More gold peel is back. Required. They closed all of their uh, offices all around the world for localization and just kept it in Japan. But I'm um, very excited for what the future holds for Level 5. But that's not mm. all that I've got, everyone. Ooh. I've got some more stuff to talk about. So, right, well. Nintendo. 
Nintendo sent out an email last week that has led people to heavy speculation on whether or not we will be getting Mario Odyssey 2 this year. They mm. put in an email that hasn't gone out to everyone, by the way. This is just a couple, like, this has just been going out to very select people that, okay. that they may have hinted that there being more to discover in the world of Super Mario Odyssey. Um, mm. and, and everyone's getting extremely excited and there's lots of YouTube content creators that are licking their frothy lips. Wow. At, and now, look, I'm here to put a fucking lid on this. Wait, hang, hang. <laughs> so this is, this is Super Mario Odyssey 2. Two. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to be sitting here getting my lips wet about Super Mario Odyssey 2, but um, I'm going to put a big sticky lid here on this and I'm going to put it on the this dumb pot of lies that's happening. Um, at this point, Nintendo's lineup for 2023 is so bland that we are obviously getting extremely excited over biscuit crumbs for anything. I mean, the only thing I'm excited about this year um, is Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. Um, so whenever we hear, like, this is the same thing, you know, that we do whenever we hear a Switch Pro rumor. We're so desperate for new hardware that we latch on to anything. Nintendo might come out saying, oh, big screen as a tweet. And we'll be like, oh my God, it's a, they're, te- they're teasing us. Bullshit. Anyway, I think in my heart of hearts, Nintendo is probably going to release some fucking half-baked free DLC or something for like a Mario movie costume or something or Luigi's balloon world, you know, you know, fucking chase Luigi up a river edition. (laughs) Uh, You know, to celebrate the Mario movie, that's probably what they'll do. You know, it's some bullshit. And this frustrates me because it has been the same amount of time between Zelda games. So between... Breath of the Wild, obviously mm. both titles that came out in the first year of the Switch's life, to a 3D Mario game. And I'm not counting Bowser's Fury because that's basically an add-on and expansion for 3D World. So that can, even though it was very fun, go fuck itself. Um, <laughs> well, uh, so, <laughs> hang on, hang on. My, uh... Emotional damage! I hope I'm wrong. Because I really want a new 3D Mario. Mario Odyssey was the best-selling 3D Mario of all time. It's a great game, all time. Um, absolutely, and I want more. What, what um, about uh, what about our old favorite on the N64? Mm. Uh, you know, uh, old what, Super Mario 64. Yeah, yeah. You're... You like not having something to control the camera with, apart from the C buttons, JB. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> But we shouldn't be getting one 3D Mario console. This is ridiculous. It's the it, he is the flagship character of the Nintendo uh, uh, platform, um, every platform, and for some reason, won a console at the moment. It's just not strawberry jam. I'm mm. very upset about it. Well, Nintendo, you can ass into the ass. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Just saying that everybody gets so excited. I think it's ridiculous, and I, I'm sick of the rumor train. I think it's. I, I used to get really excited for leaks because they would happen every now and then, and we'd talk about them and and get you know excited about them. 
but now it's just constant, a wave of constant bullshit and people just pull it, plucking stuff out of speculation. And mm. um, I'm getting very, very tired of it. Mm. So there you go. Sorry, everyone. All right. That's well, all right, uh, thanks. Thanks, Simo. We were... Level five, though, everyone. Coming back to the West. And, and then I'd <laughs> like to know how my balls taste. Mm. So just, just on level five, Steely, have they got any games in the pipeline that they've announced or are we just... We're still waiting with bated sure breath on any. I'm not sure if they've done anything much over the last couple of years in Japan, yeah. but um, uh, look, if there if there is some stuff that has come out in Japan, I'm sure we will see it get localized over the next few years. And uh, if I look, I'm going to just while while Casey starts talking about her thing, I'm going to look it up for you because I, you know, I'd love to be able to tell you, Ferg, and I'd love to, to be able to tell the people playing at home. Absolutely, or, we'd love to know. Or in their Joseph Fritzl basement. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, anyway. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Steely, uh, and uh, thanks for that uh, obscure reference to Joseph Fritzel at the end there. That's uh, that's really nice. Um, we'll... I said living in their basements before or get stuck in the. Ba- I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, uh, while while Simon uh, goes back to four chan, we'll uh, we'll hand things over to Casey for uh, some other Nintendo news. Yes, more, 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 more Nintendo news. Sort of going off what Simon was saying about the hardware and all of that of Nintendo. It has come out today that it has been shown that Nintendo isn't winding down its current models of the Switch anytime soon. So, Mm. unfortunately, we saw a report from Bloomberg and it's believed that they're only going to go... What am I hearing? What did we start up? I thought there was something wrong with the computer. And I thought I'm going to keep going. So <laughs> it was nice. It was good background. Um, yeah. So it's only going to believe they're believing it's only going to go harder on this aging console. Unfortunately, so apparently mm. they've reported that supplies and manufacturing partners they plan on increasing their output by producing more switches in its fiscal year starting in April 23. So that's a bit sad and people are speculating that's because of the new Zelda game coming out. There's going to be more, you know, obviously more people wanting to buy it. So, yeah, we're going to another whole year of the Switch, unfortunately, Ooh, yeah. by the sounds of it. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, that, uh, it kind of makes sense with the data that I spilled out before about the Switch being the highest selling console in the US. People still buying these things. So. Yeah, but yeah. You, you look at it, right? So... <clears throat> You look at the console market, right? And and again, it's like PlayStation fives and Xbox Series X hard to get. Still, they're a eight hundred dollar console here in Australia. You know, for for either one of them, pretty much. Uh, whereas your Nintendo's less than half the price. Mm. Um. So, and you can easily get a Switch in any computer shop you know any shop that sells video games so you combine ease ease of availability um right price, price um the fact that it's sort of family friendly games so and, a, and it's been around long enough that there's a lot of good games that you can get <clears throat> yeah so it it makes sense why switch has done as well as it has and and you know Good luck to them. I, I want to continue. I, yeah. I think, Simon also sent me... Oh, sorry. Continue. I, I was just going to say, I, I absolutely think we need Nintendo to remain in the market as a player. Like if the same thing happened to Nintendo oh, yeah. that happened to Sega, it would be it would be a tragedy. Like it would be 
even if you're not a fan of Nintendo, that would damage the industry immensely as a whole, in my opinion. Not possible. Wouldn't happen. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's, look, look at how big they are. It just wouldn't happen. Mm. Well, it's I, like I, when you, you're never going to be able to play Mario on a PlayStation. Just It's not going to happen. <laughs> I sincerely hope that it doesn't happen because I, I think we need Nintendo. Yeah. Absolutely do. But in some sort of in bit more exciting news, Nintendo-wise, that Simon actually, because he thought I was going to talk about this and it wasn't even about this. Was... And I was all like, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Love you. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, Japanese website Nikkei, Nikkei from via Reddit has published an article saying that Nintendo's already in talks with component suppliers to begin, begin production of Nintendo Switch's successor. So, and they're saying it's expected to hit stores mid-2024. So that makes sense. They want to, you know, ramp up their 2023 fiscal year sales by smashing out as many current switches, and then they're gonna hopefully look to the future. Show us what's the new one. Yeah, and it's um, hang on, what am I gonna read here? Oh no, there's nothing more to read. That's it. Yeah. So they're what did you say? They put out a um. What did I say? I don't remember. Tell me, wife. <laughs> My brain is so <laughs> foggy right now. <laughs> So, yeah. coming 2024, the Nintendo Switch Something. 2. Oh, imagine if it was like a pro version. The Nintendo <laughs> Switch oh, Pro. <laughs> now everything plays at a smooth 60 frames per second, and also you can play your games on it. Nintendo Switch Pro. <laughs> Did you also know that it will have, you can put the cartridge in and the games will play straight away. Nintendo Switch Pro, $200 more expensive, uh, might have DLSS, but who cares about the graphics? Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Uh, It'll it'll be interesting to see what Nintendo have got in stock, whether, whether this is a... A Nintendo Wii to the infamous, uh, well, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) The infamous Wii U. If this next thing does not have, like, if it cannot run, I'm going to have to say this in a way. If 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 this new system is not up to par with the current what we're playing right now, like a PlayStation 5 and, and an Xbox, if it's not up to that, Nintendo is just so far behind. It's getting ridiculous. It's actually, you know, it's, it's stupid. We know that Nintendo's always a little bit behind, but we're all sitting here. I mean, I don't know if we've ever all sat here and speculated once on whether or not, when's the PlayStation 6 coming? When's Xbox Series Z coming? Because fucking xbox you know um like we don't speculate over these things and people don't go getting hyped up over these things because we're used to them keeping up with you know everything in that market and giving us new generations and new experiences um whereas nintendo we're always saying like as as soon as the switch came out people were starting to think about when's the switch pro coming because they were getting frustrated already with the fact that it has a lack of power um it's a big problem mm. it is it's such a big problem so hopefully the next the next one is like it gives a bit of a kick you know it's mm. gonna have a bit of a kick to it mm. whatever the fuck it is 
All right. Well, it uh, definitely does. And thank you, Casey, for bringing that story to us. No worries. So I think that uh, that really brings us to, once again, to our patented um, novelty segment for the week. Uh, does it not? It does. Okay. Well, in that <laughs> <Yum>! case. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh dear, that did not go uh, the way I thought it was going to. But uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, novelty segment time. And this week, uh, what we thought we'd do: twenty twenty three is the ten year anniversary of some amazing games that came out in twenty thirteen, which. Uh, was a pretty, pretty amazing year for games. It was just as the PlayStation Three was mm. starting to reach the end of its life, um, and people were still putting out stuff that was really pushing that console to its limits. Mm. Um, mm. So we thought uh, we'd uh, we'd each go back and have a little talk about our favourite game from 2013, uh, and. Casey, do you want to kick this one off? Because I, uh, I must admit, the the game that you've uh, decided to discuss for this segment is also one of my favourites. So, uh, take it away, Casey. Yeah. Well, I just had a I googled what came out in two thousand thirteen, and the first one on the list was The Last of Us, and you can't really go past The Last of Us. Can't go past it. I was saying to Simon, it kind of. It holds a special place in my heart just because mm. I, it was the first game that I ever played with Simon when we met because he was playing it in his old flat and like I was petrified <laughs> and I was watching it like a movie and I wasn't really big into games back then. You know, I played the occasional 3DS game, occasional Nintendo game here and there. What the hell was that? that? Uh, <laughs> it was a clicker. Uh, oh, geez. Sorry. That was buffering for like 30 yeah, like... seconds before it finally played. Just, yeah, anyway. Yeah, because it had nothing to do with what I was talking about. Anyway, yeah, it was the first game. So I hadn't really, wasn't really playing much back then. And that's really the first game that I, 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 I sat down and I watched Simon play because I was too scared. And I was like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. Are games like this? Like, I didn't even know that video games were that good back then because, you know, I was just playing the little Mario games and stuff. And, yeah, ever since that moment of playing that, we just continuously kept playing games after that. And, like, in that year, you know, you've got Grand Theft Auto Five. you know, what gave me my nickname because mm-hmm. of that amazing mm-hmm. headshot. Yeah. What? <laughs> Oh, geez. Anyway, yeah. And I'm even looking, you know, even the Stanley Parable came out that year. Not that I played it then, but it's one of my favorite games ever since Berg mentioned it. Mm. There's a lot of delayed sounds here. I'm very confused. (laughs) That's right. They're they're all delayed uh, this this week. That's Uh, okay. That's okay. But yeah, The Last of Us. That's that's what I'm going to pick because, like I said, it was it's sort of what got me back into gaming really, and it's still amazing. And just off the topic a bit, we um watched the first episode of Mm. The Last of Us last night. Yeah, so did I. I did too. 
And oh, man. With, without without spoiling anything, uh, first impressions. Did we are we giving it the thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, two thumbs up. Oh, if I had more than two thumbs, I'd stick it right in there and I'd move them around. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we liked it. <laughs> so good. Wow, such a good show. It was really good. It was, and just the way some of the scenes because I haven't played that game for so long. Mm. And I even remember like watching some of the scenes like in the car at the beginning, not that I'm giving anything away, but I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm playing the video game. They've done it shot for shot. It's amazing. Like it, it's, it's the most incredible. Yeah. I just can't wait to watch more. We just loved it. It was incredible. Yeah. I love seeing in that as well, the there's different aspects of what obviously we didn't get in the game. And I think that's, that's the way to do it. What a just a, Fucking triumph. Yeah. <laughs> so, The Last of Us, uh, HBO, get amongst it. Watch it yeah, if you haven't watched it. It is, it is great. It's on binge here in Australia, um, but, yeah, yeah, HBO in the United States. So, um, yeah, they, mm. uh, what can you say? Did you watch it, Ferg? I did watch it, and I reckon <clears throat> I was going to have a chat to you guys off air about I think there's a novelty segment in this one. I think once the first season's finished, I reckon we should all – get together and have a discussion because I think it'd be really interesting because as I've mentioned numerous times, I've never played the games. So I go in watching the TV with a complete blank canvas. Then obviously, as you just mentioned, C-Mac and Steeler, you played this game back in 2013 when it first came out and JB's just finished Mm. playing it. So I don't know, I think maybe in eight weeks or whenever it finishes up, we might uh, do a novelty segment where we talk about Last of Us and we can all give our own um, impressions of the show, but yeah, I did watch it and I absolutely loved it. So I'm hanging out for oh, next you'd week. Love the game. Well, it'd be yeah. it'd be good to yeah. have a discussion once a certain someone on the DG Cruise had a chance to play the game. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Shots fired. Shots fired. Zing. No, I think. Oh, and interestingly, we're getting just sidetracked here, but. We did sort of speculate, I think last year when we were talking about some TV adaptations about how there's a bit of a spin-off where people would get into the game for the first time based on a TV show yeah. and vice versa. And I think at the moment, the remake, or the remastered edition, which I know you just finished, JB. There's, oh, it, was, it was so good. With the deluxe, whatever it is, they're letting people play it for a few hours for free or something. So I might just give that a go just to see how the first episode compares to that. So it's interesting that, yeah, they're so pushing similar. the game again now mm-hmm. based Crazy. on the video game. But that, yeah. that remastered <clears throat> version of the game is sick. Like mm. it is so good. Like it yeah. is absolutely worth full price, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in my opinion, um, but you know, if you can get it on special or in one of the uh, the the deals that seem to float around the mm. PlayStation Store continuously, uh, even better. Um, mm. But uh, yeah. for a game that's that's that, as Casey's sort of highlighted, came out in 2013, ten mm. years ago, it is still bloody amazing. It is yeah. right up there. I re- I reckon we're going to see a similar thing to what happened last year with Cyberpunk Edge Runners, where that anime came out and then the sale and the participation in Cyberpunk 2077 just went through the roof. And I reckon we're going to see a similar mm-hmm. thing with, you know, first-timers and maybe some people that haven't played it since 2013 are going to get their hands on this game again and it's going to be one of the most bought and, at least in the beginning of the year, bought and played games, I'd, I'd say, on the PS5. So, But in short, watch the first episode. Loved it. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for and, you know, next week. and quickly as well, what I loved as well, I don't know if they're going to do it for every episode, but there's, I don't know if you guys saw, they did like a behind the scenes little six minute video after mm. the episode. Did you see that? 
No, I didn't stick around to watch that, no. No, I didn't either. Uh, so that was news to yeah, me. Yeah, I think it was Very like cool. it just sort of came up after it as a separate little video, like a separate little clip. Um, mm. Yeah, and it was amazing. Got, you got to see how it sort of says behind the scenes off this episode. And I'm wondering if they'll do that for each episode because it's it was amazing. They had little cast interviews and stuff like that. So go back and have a look. It's only six minutes. So I'm assuming mm. they'll do that for every episode. And it's just really, I wish they did that instead of sitting back and watching, you know, hours of behind the scenes footage later, you know, you're getting to see it straight yeah. after the episode. So that was really In good relation too. To that episode. That's How cool. amazing as well, just to put out there, sorry, that you know, in in 2023, for for a medium that we all enjoy, being video games, that are often criticised and scrutinised for being only things that nerds do in dark rooms, and that's it, and all you know, all this they're kind of violent. bullshit, or they're too violent, and or they they're ruining our generation, all this kind of crap that you hear. But after all of this time, that you know right at this moment to be celebrating the fact that we we have such a triumphant tv show based off a video game that that you know video games are now i think more than ever a driving force between success in multimedia franchises and i am just like it makes me feel incredibly proud to have been somebody that that gets to enjoy this and now see people doing all these backflips over the fact that, you know, they thought that games are rubbish. And unfortunately for them, you know, games are what are bringing them some of the most amazing stories that have been told over mm-hmm. the last 10 years when you think of The Last of Us and God of War and um, even Horizon, which is, a, a you know, a great science fiction um, sort of story and a great post-apocalyptic story. I just think mm-hmm. it, it's really exciting anyway. So amazing. Yeah. Shut up and take my money! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm actually wondering, Simo, whether when when the the Horizon TV series comes out on, I think it's Netflix that are doing it. Um, if they cast the the right person in the role of Aloy and not Ashley Birch, um, <laughs> I you know would that potentially turn you around on the on the whole Horizon franchise a bit? No, you love Horizon. I love Horizon. I just don't like Ashley Birch. <laughs> if they do, if if yeah, they cast somebody that is just absolutely phenomenal, I will be the first person to start a thread on Twitter saying sack Ashley Birch. Oh my god! Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I'm joking. I won't be. I won't be. That's oh. awful. Fuck! Look, this is this is Bayonetta three all over again. <laughs> no, no, no. Just because I don't like Ashley Birch's vocal performance in either of the games because they're not very good, it doesn't mean that she hasn't earned the right to be there for some reason or another. <laughs> and I respect that. This is just opening up another cat. Mm. Anyway, yeah. no, <laughs> I love the game. I love. I like that franchise. I really love the stories, and um, yeah, can't wait for the show. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah well, I think I think it's going to be a bloody cracker. Ripper. Anyway, thanks, uh, thanks, Casey. Uh, absolutely, no absolutely got my agreement on uh, the Last of Us being one of the best games, if not the best game of 2013. Mm. Uh, Ferg, what do you got for us? What have I got? Well, I've got a game which isn't going to, which didn't win the best game of 2013. There's a massive list of games, amazing games. Could have picked any of the ones up the top, but I thought I'd steer in a little bit direction and picked maybe one of the games that I had the most enjoyment out of and probably spent, yeah, 
probably the most hours playing in in 2013, and that was uh, Battlefield 4. So <clears throat> Battlefield 4, for me anyway, was really... I loved Battlefield 3. That game was unbelievable. And what Battlefield 4 did was basically take everything good out of Battlefield 3 and just put it on a different kind of level. And and granted, when this game came out, it was definitely buggy. There was a lot of issues. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a perfect game. I, I still remember there was all kind of issues where it seemed like for the first three months of this game, I was getting shot when I was standing behind a corner. There was just bugs, all sorts of issues. Who, but was, who was the developer for, for Battlefield? Um, uh, who was it, JB? Nice! <laughs> <laughs> and there's the soundbite coming here. Yeah, it was well, dice, EA but well, but um, EA and, published it, JB. Yeah. Oh, didn't, okay. Didn't develop it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> just do a bit of fact check, mate. Just fact check yourself. Fact check yourself before you wreck yourself. But stop! Let's talk. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, Battlefield 4, I just had so much fun with this game and probably what made this game so iconic in this not only in that game in particular but in the whole series was one word, it was the buzzword around this game, it was Levolution. And Levolution and the Battlefield games have always been iconic with basically destructibility. You know, you could blow up a wall and walk through it and the map was also, you know, malleable in a way that you could, you know, expose different things like if enemies were behind something you could blow it up and you could shoot them and and that was always their thing but this levolution thing which they really bought yeah it came into its own and it really shined was in in battlefield 4 like some of the large scale and by definition levolution was basically major destructive pieces in the map which would totally change the course of a whole game and some of them were just unbelievable um there was things like there was cranes and you know <laughs> and there'd be like a lot of things like you know big structures and towers and you know this would be the great if you were playing as a sniper this would be the place to hide out and then people could blow it up and just this image of the crane falling over and all these snipers that have been camping up there like abseiling off there was like dams that you could blow up that would flood the map um in some of the DLC, they introduced a ship which basically run aground and then you could basically fight it out in the ship. And probably my favorite one was in, uh, I think the level was called Shanghai. There was like a, I don't know, a 50-story skyscraper and you could be up on the top, up and down the stairwells and, pe- and people could blow it up. Man. And just the whole skyscraper would just fall to the ground and if you were caught up in it, you'd get killed. And just, just stuff like that was just unbelievable, just on a huge scale, like... And, and like you said, in 2013, this is the end of the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. So it was sort of really maxing it out. And I just had so much fun um, in these games. And, you know, Battlefield 4, is it the best Battlefield game they ever made? Uh, arguably not. But it's definitely one of the most, in my mind anyway, one of the games that I had the most fun with. And, you know, what followed Battlefield 4, we had, I think Hardline was in there, which was an interesting spin on the series. But then it... There was Battlefield 1, which was a really solid game. Battlefield 5 was reasonably good, but just... And it's not quite the same, but it's just really sad to see the state of that franchise, which I love so much at the moment, with Battlefield 2042, and just see in 10 years what they were doing 10 years ago in comparison to what they're serving up now. They've gone... It's such a backward step. Like yeah. They've just absolutely sent this franchise 
into the trash heap. But um, yeah, in 2013, man, I killed some hours playing this game and just that Levolution was just iconic. Just so much fun and just a great way to yeah mix up matches and completely change the course of a multiplayer shooter game. So thumbs up for Battlefield 4. Definitely. Thank you, Battlefield 4. And thank you, Fergus Fergus. Thank you for the memories. Uh, all right, uh, Simo. Simo, what uh, what game uh, did you enjoy from twenty twenty three? Look, I originally was going to do um, a Mario three D World, and look, shout out to that game it was bloody fucking good. But um, I didn't realize this was on the list, and it's The Legend of Zelda: A Link Between Worlds. Mm. Now, fuck me. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Has any of you played this game? Uh, I, didn't, yes. I didn't play this I know one. that Casey has. Uh, no, yeah, Of I course haven't. you haven't because none of you bozos own a 3DS. <laughs> I had a 3DS at one point. This. Now, JB, for somebody that loves A Link to the Past as much as you do, and I know that you do because you've, I've seen you play it multiple times yeah, on yeah, yeah, the we've, Wii. We've spoken about it. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this game. Uh, a Link Between Worlds is, is almost like a retelling but it is a sequel to the game but it feels almost like you're going into the exact same world um there's a lot of similarity between the games but there's a lot of advancements in it as well there's not just you know it's not like the light and the dark world like there is in um link between worlds but instead it's on top and underneath so there's high rule and low rule i know that's fucking very wanky of nintendo that high rule low rule like <laughs> not very clever oh, my um, goodness. oh boy the least <laughs> clever thing that they could come up with it's like, yeah. oh, how can we innovate this game? Uh, Hyrule, what's the opposite of Hyrule? Low rule? Yeah, do that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> stupid. Um, but having said that, the premise of the game was absolutely incredible. I mean, this was a top-down Zelda adventure, probably one of the first ones we'd gotten in a little while um, since, I'd say, the DS when uh, there was, you know, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. And um, it was just a complete return to form. The dungeons are fantastic. The the gameplay is incredibly, incredibly satisfying. It's just that, um, you know, amazing stuff that we are used to seeing in 3D Zelda puzzles that are now incorporated into that top-down isometric view. And, and what I really love about it is there's this great little uh, mechanic where you can basically paste yourself up onto the wall, and that's how you get from Hyrule to low rule in the first place but and then you can use that in dungeons in order to solve puzzles as well and it is like obviously the key mechanic of the game but it was just absolutely amazing it's one of i think the the hidden gems of the zelda franchise because i think there's a lot of purists out there that are like is this just uh, this is a link between uh, a link between was still link to the past uh. but at the same rate like it betters almost everything that a link to the past did and keeps it so faithful to the original that even this there's similar enemies in it and everything as well and and i think that that is just something to be celebrated and it was such a great game at the time um obviously like just a couple of um uh, you know noteworthy games on this list as well that i want to point out bioshock infinite mm. now that that game was the first game that i got with my ps3 i played the shit out of it Loved it. it is what really just got me hardcore into playing games again. Um, but uh, I mean, obviously, I played a lot of uh, stuff on your PS3, Joel, but that was my first 
home console that I owned for a little while, uh, f- um, since for a little while. Uh, Pikmin 3 came out that year as well. Pikmin's such a great franchise. Um, but, you know, my pick just has to be Link Between Worlds. Mm. What a what a fucking game. Mm. So good. Wow. Bazinga. Very good, very good. Link Between Worlds. And that was on the 3DS, was it? Yeah. Okay, well. Didn't didn't fucking have one of them, so that was uh... <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you're a, you're a bum, you're a bum stinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I certainly am. Cop that. Uh, you're just a dirty lip smeller. Okay, take that 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 <laughs> in the ass. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Steely, for for that. Um, now I, I thank you, um, Joel, for that. You're welcome. I, I was going to talk about um, about a game, Metro Last Light, uh, which which came out in 2013. Um, I did play. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't remember a great deal about it, but I remember it being a, a cool enough game. But uh, but no one else has mentioned uh, the enormous money making elephant in the room uh, that came out in 2013. So. I'm just going to go ahead and do it, and uh, I'll, I'll say uh, GTA Five dropped in 2013. <laughs> uh, now, there I am. Say what you like about <laughs> about the pissed. Say, say what you like about uh, about GTA. We're pissed. <laughs> yes, it, it is the uh, pissed. Pisty's upgraded. Yeah, Pisty's gone for the machine gun on that one. Um, <laughs> Look, say what you like about the GTA franchise. Uh, you, yeah, some people love it, some people hate it. Um, you know, I didn't play GTA Five at the time, but have since played it on PlayStation Five with, when the remastered edition came out. And you know, if you're a fan of those GTA style games, mm. it is one of the most mm. solid entries into that series. Um, probably highlighted. Um, mostly by the fact that you weren't just playing as one single character from start to finish. You could play as, uh, I think, three three different playable characters. You had Trevor, Michael, and who was... Uh, who what was the was other it? guy? Trevor, Michael, and... Come on, Casey. Oh, this is typical of you people just remembering the white guys. <laughs> oh, hang, hang on. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get his name wrong. What, was, was he it CJ or something? Oh, no, CJ was no, CJ San Andreas. Was from San Andreas. Okay. CJ was from oh, San Andreas. Come on. No. Yeah. Come on quickly. <laughs> Come on. Uh, all right. Michael, well, Trevor, and uh, so you had Franklin. Uh, was he Franklin? Franklin. That's yeah, Franklin. Franklin all the way. Maybe that's that's, uh, that's definitely him. So you had yeah Franklin Clinton. Trevor Phillips and Michael DeSanta, mm. um, brilliant. Yeah. Like uh, when you're playing as Franklin and you're cruising around with his his sort of best mate, who's a bit of a bit of a loser, a bit of a no hoper. He's like he just wants to be like a gangbanger. Mm. This dude, like the banter back and forth between those two guys is just funny mm. as um, you know. And then you know you're playing as Michael and he's got this. This daughter who you know is desperate to be in like uh, desperate to be famous and wants mm. to be you know on on uh, like their equivalent of like America's Got Talent sort of thing and yeah, yeah. and then ends up nearly being in a porno <laughs> on a yacht and and 
you know, <laughs> and then you know, obviously, uh, uh, Pisty's favourite character, <laughs> bloody <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> um, who uh, you know, who who just makes you feel uncomfortable just mm. in his whole demeanour. Like you just feel like any minute now he's just going to tee off and just kick someone to death, or you know, you just don't know. He's just so yeah. like out there, unpredictable. It's got really, really memorable characters. Like the the missions gave you quite a quite a big diversity. Really, like it wasn't just steal this car, drive here, shoot this person. Like mm. there was still an element of those, but like you had elements like you could invest in the in the stock market mm. and you know buy all these shares, and then you could go and complete these missions where um you you know you'd like execute the CEO of this company. And then all of a sudden the shares would, you know, go go through the roof and you'd, you know, make all this money. Like there was so much sort of thought put into the game beyond just yeah. all the superficial, you know, sort of violence and, and all of that. Um yeah, I mean I, I just think Rockstar uh one of the 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 best sort of at, at what they do, like Red Dead Redemption Two is another one that's game. still it's held up as a as an amazing mm. game and the level of detail in that is just like next level again beyond GTA 5 but GTA 5 still sells still breaks sales mm. records to this day you know 10 years on from when it was released mm. um it, it just doesn't seem to be slowing down it's just like this freight train that's just been running for 10 years and yeah. and just keeps running so um well, well, There's not much to say. It's an amazing game, but I, I agree 100%. That three different characters that you could play, all of them incredibly different. All of, you know, you liked all of them for different reasons. I just, and just that mechanic of being able to change to them on the fly, you could just be out in the world and be like, oh, we'll go and see what Trevor's doing. And I just love that animation. You'd, you'd, you know, you'd change to Trevor and he'd be like throwing up off the side of a bridge or something or rolling around <laughs> in a dumpster and just. <laughs> That's where Rockstar are just on another level. Just that attention to detail on those little things is just what sets their games apart. Like Red Dead Redemption 2, same thing. Incredible. Incredible open worlds, incredible amount of detail. And when I played this, I actually played it day one, and this was on an Xbox 360. So it's crazy to think that, yeah, since then we've had, what, three different consoles or three generations are we up to? Our third one since then? Mm. Second or third mm. one? Um and it still holds up. And even playing on the 360, which at that point was at the end of its life, I just it just ran so smoothly. And it's a huge game. Like, just the amount of polish and how well it ran, it was, yeah, iconic. Great game. Yeah. Loved and it. And I reckon, correct me if I'm wrong, but I reckon it was one of the first big R-rated titles that was able to be sold in Australia once Australia introduced the R18 mm. rating for games that... Previously, if a game was sort of classified bad enough that it would fit in the R18 category, mm. it would just get banned. Yeah. Um, and I reckon that around 2013 was when when that, that rating was introduced and we actually joined the rest of the world and were able to play some of these titles and, and things. So, um, so, yeah, it was sort of the, the right game at the right time mm. in many ways. And... Um, yeah, I mean, are we, we all excited for GTA 6? That can't be too far around the corner. Whenever it comes, yeah, absolutely. I'll, that's mm. yeah. I mean, at this point, that's a game that everyone's going to get on day one. I, I just I can't imagine yeah. how many 
copies of that game they're going to move once that game. Well, hopefully it won't come out this year because Ferg can't get it. Yeah, well, I'll have to. <laughs> I'll have to buy it for you, Ferg. Yeah, that's it. I'll have to, have to buy your rules. Buy your fucking Steam voucher <laughs> yeah. or something. Hey, that's it. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm hyped for it. You, Casey, and Simon. Yeah, definitely. GTA Six. Yeah, I mean, just to champion everything you've said, Ferg, and and you too, JB. Like you know, rock and roll, uh, rock and roll, rock, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Dead alert. Um, uh, Rockstar. Oh. <laughs> Rockstar are impeccable at what they do. And, I, you know, I, I've surfed YouTube many a time and seen fucking people saying how, like, Rockstar's um, development of games is, like, outdated and their style is outdated. I mean, I, I look, I cannot... Um, fault, like you were saying, the level of attention to detail and the care that's put into those games. And for and those games are always great experiences with great stories to be told. I mean, you know, GTA is always funny. Red Dead Redemption is just, uh, on, again, on another level. Um, but a great developer. And yeah, I, I, I'm super stoked to see whatever they do next because I know it's going to be good. Absolutely. I mean, you know that after GTA Five, like they're obviously the the new next game in the series is definitely going to be GTA. Like it's going to feel like a GTA game, but they're just going to yeah. keep pushing those boundaries mm-hmm. and just keep pushing it to next level, next level, next level. Like you know mm-hmm. the the jump from Red Dead Redemption One to Red Dead Redemption Two was was like fucking revolutionary. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was massive. Yeah. And like I'm always seeing clips of Red Dead Redemption 2 come up in my TikTok feed where someone's going, oh, I've been playing this game for years and I've just noticed this. Mm. And I, I saw one today that yeah. someone came along and they, they took out their pistol and uh, they bloody uh, shot a barrel uh, three times, like at three different levels. And the barrel started leaking like water or whatever. Mm. And the, the top one stops leaking first. And then the, the next one down stops leaking. So as the water level in the barrel was dropping, like it stops pouring out of the higher yeah, hole yeah, yeah. first and then the next highest hole until until the barrel's empty. And it's like, you know, just thinking of shit like that, mm. it's just like well, someone's obviously decided, oh, we need to have... A plan if someone if the player decides to shoot a barrel mm. to make sure it, it reacts like it would in the real world, you know, mm. or mm. or just you start following some random NPC and and like the sheriff's chasing some criminal down and you follow him and he catches up with the criminal and like a little story unfolds mm. there on the street. It's got nothing to do with the main storyline, but you're just following people going about their daily lives and. You are actually seeing like stuff happening in real time that you know yeah. it, it's just there in the game. It's this living, breathing yeah. world which is fully interactive, which is you know incredible. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's just amazing how they can take a world that's such such a huge world in size and make it feel so dense and so populated and and like you never mm. you never feel like. You know, you're just cruising around somewhere and there's just nothing going on like mm. like you know, some open world games can feel like 
from time to time. And yeah, they're just a bit dead and lifeless. What and... I'm sort of hoping that Starfield isn't like, mm. you know, when that finally launches, um, mm. that, that you're not just cruising to these whatever, 100,000 planets or whatever the fuck they've said they're putting in planets, the game. Yeah. And, and, you know, just finding that, oh, you know, this planet's just rocks. Mm. And then you go, there, oh, this one's just lava. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, just being like, well, this is fucking pointless. Yeah. I mean, that that's the... I think I've mentioned this before. That's the measuring stick for a good open world game. It's the worlds where you're just aimlessly walking around because you want to see what's around the corner, what's happening over here. Mm. And all of Rockstar games have always been like that. You, and that was my experience with Elden Ring. I wasn't really just going and doing missions because there wasn't anything else to do. I was literally spending hours and hours just walking around to just see what I would stumble upon because around every corner, you know, on the other side of every mountain, there was something interesting and engaging to look at and just check out. So, yeah, and Rockstar's, yeah, they're unbelievable at that. Just a huge open world but doesn't feel dead doesn't feel lifeless you can just go and interact with anyone and yeah that barrels the barrel is a great example of just the level of detail that they feel it's necessary to go mm. to i feel like like they did it really well bethesda only do it moderately well like yeah fallout for you cruising around this huge open world and yeah you can just randomly bump into like like a merchant or a death claw or a pack of ghouls like you normally fucking do. Um, and it's just like, all right, here's another group of raiders I've got to blow away. You know, you shoot them all. Then you go over the next hill and, oh, it's fucking super mutants. Mm. You know, like, yeah, they filled the world up, but they filled it with shit. You know, like, it, it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not stuff that's There's like, no element of surprise, you know. Like, yeah. I think, it, you, like, with Red Dead, there's an element of surprise, uh, even with... Breath of the Wild, there's an element of surprise. And I think when that's there, it keeps you engaged and wanting to find out new things because you never know what's going to be around any corner. You never know what you're going to discover. The most beautiful areas that you get to in Breath of the Wild just by making sure you search for it. And the the most obscure things that can happen in Red Dead 2 just because you're being aimless and wandering around. And and same sort of thing with even with GTA, you know? Like you, you never know what you can do like you, the guy that you go up to and um you know he's holding a petition to legalize weed and like he he gives you some to smoke and then all of a sudden you're fighting aliens like there is mm. an element of surprise that takes you yeah. into a different level of that what that game is trying to do and that's what that's what it excels at so maybe bethesda need to take a leaf out of this book and you know for the next fallout game like you walk over a hill and there's just a Super mutant having sex with a death claw or something, or you <laughs> just know, to mix like, it up. Yeah, you know, just just <laughs> just throw in just random shit just to be like, oh, fuck, that's new. Yeah. Um, haven't seen that before. It's yeah. Call me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. There's, we, and we talked about this before. Like, it it's just a lot of these open world games is just so overinflated of just they've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, but the actual content is less and less and less. And at this point, as gamers, we'd rather. Just give us half as much, but make it ten times as better. Um, Assassin's Creed. Well, that's what Assassin's Creed of they're going back to. So maybe they're taking a uh, yeah. leaf out of their own book. But Fucking um, Ubisoft. 
Anyway, we can only hope. (laughs) But just before we move on, JB, because what got me thinking about this for our novelty segment was I stumbled across a list and I just couldn't believe the amount of unbelievable games that come out in 2013. So Mm. some of the games that we haven't even discussed in this segment, which are still worth mentioning, I'm just going to get rattled through a bit of a list. We've got... Give us the Hall of Famers. Yeah, this is just some other absolute classics. I think C-Mac mentioned just before, Stanley Parable. Saints Row 4, we had Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which is one of my my favorite Assassin's Creed game, and that's in my top list of favorite games of all time. 2013 was the launch of the reboot of the Tomb Raider series, which are some really solid games. We had Brothers, mm-hmm. A Tale of Two Sons, Devil May Cry, Dota 2 came out in 2013. We had Pokemon X and Y in 2013. Um, I think Steely mentioned before Super Mario 3D World we had Papers, Please which was a fantastic PC game we had Beyond Two Souls on the PlayStation Uh, what else have we got here we had Injustice Gods Among Us which was a um, fantastic fighting side scroller we had Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Blacklist we had Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon which was sort of the uh, futuristic sort of Far Cry 3 spin-off the Wolf Among Us came out in 2013, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Dead Rising 3 came out in 2013, which I think was a launch title for the Xbox. And I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was sort of the first, you know, when they were showing that game and the gameplay that was just hordes and hordes and hordes of zombies and enemies. And it was sort of really, Sweet you know, Jesus. when that game out, everyone's like, right, this is the next generation of gaming. Like the powerful power of the Xbox is, you know, taking us places we've never been before. Um, State of Decay came out 2013. Um, XCOM Enemy Within. And one of my absolute favorites of all time, which I think is one of the best side-scrolling platformers, which has an amazing co-op element, was Battle Block Theater came out in 2013. A classic. So anyway, there's what a bit of a list. that game? I never played this game. Oh, get on Battle Block Theater. I reckon you and C-Mac would love that one. Yeah. Yum. It's definitely on uh, PC. I reckon I played it on Xbox back in the day. Battle Block Theater, I reckon you guys would love that one. Yeah. Well, anyway. Better, so look, better look it up. Uh, Steely, uh, give it a bit of the old... Google, show me this guy's balls, please. <laughs> <laughs> He's hoping 2023 mm. yields as uh, a similar crop of great games. Well, uh, just around the corner, we've got Hogwarts Legacy about to launch, and that's definitely one of the most anticipated games of this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be taking the, the spot that was held last year by Horizon Forbidden West. So, um, yeah, that mm. sort of early, early year launch. Kicking us off. And it'll Can't be wait. fucking pipped at the post by uh, Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> uh, poor gorilla. Maybe they'll do all right out of uh, Call of the Mountain this year we'll when, see. That, when that launches. Coming at some point. Well, uh, on that note, that's about all we've got time for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. I'd like to thank the DG crew in no particular order. Uh, Casey, uh, C-Mac, Pistol Pete, McLaughlin, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, Joel. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Fucking hell. Oh, that is in the eye. (laughs) Uh, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much, JB. Oh, just oh, I just love your voice. Love hearing it speak. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> good All on right. you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> and last but not least, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate.
And if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us on the socials, uh, all the usual places, or send us an email. No one, no one really does, um, but that's that's okay. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll bloody uh, see you next week. Reach out, touch base. Bye. Bye. A bit more of a music bit for everyone there. A little bit more music, everyone. A bit of a music bit. See you in the next one.